Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. Hey, good afternoon, Good Samaritan Lutheran Church. We're glad you're here with us. It is Wednesday at noon, so it's Good News at Noon, the deeper edition. And I am excited because I'm not here all alone. I am here with Tommy Garza, and we are so grateful to have you here, Tommy. And you know what? We might even get Pastor Don. He went on a coffee run. I think he's going to join in any second here. So He's here. He's here. So we are starting a new sermon series, which is a lot of fun. And uh, this is going to be Dressed for Success. Pastor Jason, I was watching you on Facebook. I really liked how you introduced the book. I wasn't familiar with the book, Dressed for Success. And uh, have you read it, Tommy? Well, it came out a little before my time, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Was it 1975? 1975, that's right. It was a big deal. And this was, um, you know, certainly a changing time in culture. You're talking about almost you know, 50 years ago, but yeah, it was, it was a big deal. Yeah. Now I think with new generations, how to dress down for success. They don't get my daughter. It's just like, girl, you, is that what you're wearing to interview? Dad, that's what all of my generation wears to interviews. Like, We're much more casual now, aren't we? Yeah. It's like, I wouldn't hire you, but um, it's just, <laughs> she doesn't like to hear that so much. But, oh, but it's funny. Well, I said it must've caught on because we, we sure use that saying, don't we dress for success. Yeah. And um, I just uh, I thought you did a really great job of introducing the church at Colossae, which is in Turkey. Um, That was something I did not bring up in my message, but I thought was some nice background because it kind of talked about how there was these different teachers, you know, and and how they were saying there's different things you needed to do to be a Christian. And and it's really funny because the more people change, the more they say the same. These are a lot of the same issues that we deal with in our society today. So. It speaks just as much to us today as it did to them over 2,000 years ago. You, and you almost get the sense, right? There were other denominations and and there were sects of Christianity and, and it, this was still new at the time and they were right. trying to figure it out, right? There was no consensus on how do we follow Jesus. So there was some controversy and some people were saying, you have to do this and you have to get extra knowledge and then you can be closer to God or we've got the secrets and they don't. And uh, yeah, we still hear that stuff today, don't we? Yeah, and it's saying, you know, and Paul or somebody writing in Paul's name was basically yeah. kind of saying, uh, no, no, it's it's not about uh it's not about what you wear, or what you eat. It's it's really your Christianity is more about how you behave. Yeah. It's yeah. about trusting in this gospel of, of Christ and um mm-hmm. that he died and rose from the dead for us to forgive us and and here we go. I, I, one of the things I love about this um, this text is it kind of it leads us down this road of okay now what now that we know that Christ has been born for us we just celebrated Christmas right now that we know that Jesus has come for us and Jesus is God and died for us and rose again from the grave now what how should mm-hmm. we be with each other how should we practice our faith how should we live it out yeah I thought that was really good and. And, you know, and I made a pretty clear distinction 
that when we're talking about behaviors, this isn't really, our salvation is not dependent upon these behaviors. This is more about identifying um, who you follow. And, and, and the writer here of this book in the New Testament is, is saying the same thing. If you want people to identify you as Christian, these are some of the behaviors they would have to see come out of you. Because I think it's, it's really easy, and you have to be careful to get legalistic. And what I mean by legalistic is saying that it's really more about what we do that is our salvation rather than what Christ has already done. And we have to be pretty clear that when we're talking about dressing for success, we're talking about putting on the trappings of a follower of Christ. Right? And I don't mean it like we pretend we're putting on a, a cover, but these are what followers of Christ are called to behave like. But it doesn't mean that that is dependent, your salvation is dependent upon that. Well, let's, let's read the text, shall we? And then we'll, we'll dig into it and kind yep. of see what we hear. Perfect. All right. This is Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Pretty well-known text, so let's, let's read it together. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. That's, good. that's, what, yeah. that's what it's all go back about, to, right? Go back to the first verse there, if you would. Yeah. Jason, uh, verse 12. I'd love to put that up on the screen for us. I can do that. Then I'll put Tommy on the spot and say, Tommy, what do you see in that first verse? God's chosen people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Holy and dearly loved. Yep, yep. I think, I mean, obviously the clothe yourself, but I think that's what stands out to me. You know, we're his chosen people and we're loved. Yep. I think that is like the root of what we believe, really. <laughs> and notice that we already are chosen and we already are loved. It isn't dependent upon whether we close ourselves with the compassion, the kindness, mm -hmm. the humility, meekness, and patience, right? That's, that is uh, an outflow of what God has already done, already chosen yeah. us, already mm -hmm. loved us. So now that you are chosen, now that you are loved, now do this. Yeah. Right? I thought that, that's important to, to know. Well, I think I mean, one thing that, that was interesting to me, too, is if we go back a little bit, and, um, mm -hmm. and I, think you, I think you talked about this a little bit in your sermon, too. If you go back a couple of verses... It talks about mm. uh, before we get clothed, we have to take off something, right? Yeah, you you mentioned that, and I like that. Yeah, you said yeah. talked about getting naked, and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. that was that was a bold statement. In the we got a disrobe. Yeah, yeah, disrobe. Strip <laughs> off the old self with its mm -hmm. practices, seeing that you have you have done this. It's saying you have done this. You've stripped off what is old, and you're putting on. You've put on what is new, and what what the author is getting at here is baptism. This, this idea of being clothed in baptism, you put on a, a baptismal garment when you're baptized. 
And uh, this language of getting rid of, disrobing, and putting on, that all comes from our baptism. So that's where this begins. Yeah, I like that. Because you got to put off some of those old behaviors and take on some of the new behaviors. I was looking at some of the comments that people are jumping in. I like Glenna's comment, covering the armor of God. This is interesting because this isn't that armor of God uh, statement, but it kind of has some of the same things. These are the things that will keep you connected uh, to your faith life. And, uh, and I just want to also mention Dave and Jan. It's great to see you. They get double sermon. They listen to yours. And they listen to the one here at Windmill. So, uh, Dave and Jan, which one did you like better? Go ahead and just type that in. We'll, we'll put up a poll. Yeah. We'll take a vote. Yeah. Well, that's great. I always double dip and be in the word. There's nothing wrong with that. And the interesting thing about um, the armor of God, that comes from Ephesians, right? Chapter 6. And um, there's right. some similarities between Ephesians and Colossians, too. That, um, In fact, these may have come out of the same um, authorship or, or the same community because they use some of the similar terms that you don't see other in other letters from Paul. So that adds to that debate of who actually wrote this. Yeah. And it's interesting because the church at Ephesus had some of the same issues, which we have today. People yep. were thinking there was different ways to be connected to God. Follow this teaching, follow that teaching. And, uh, and uh, Paul, or the person writing Paul's name, is trying to say, just come back to the basics. Let's just come back to the basics here, which I think is important for us to remember. Not to get too complicated with our faith, right? Right. Dave and Jan were were uh, were glad to listen to both. So they said they enjoyed both sermons. So it's not a <laughs> you guys, good. They're very diplomatic that way. I love yeah. that. Yeah, Glenna noted too. Same author of those two books. I think that's right. Mm -hmm. And scholars have debated this for about two hundred years. But I, I think you're right, Glenna. <laughs> well, and I mean, and I, I don't know if I could jump ahead a little bit, but Do I it. know in your sermon, Pastor Don, you said. Um, love you know, hurt people we've heard hurt people hurt people right. and then you came out and said you know but love people loved people can love people and i think that ties into that where you're saying you know we're already loved by him so we can go out and love others you know yeah. and i think it's like when you have that example and you you get that that um, that grace and mercy shown to you it just makes it that much easier to go out and show that to others 100 that's why our faith life is so important. My wife's a teacher, um, and so you hear a lot, and she, she can almost determine if there's a kid who's a behavior problem or isn't very nice to other kids or is you know a kid who exhibits behaviors that aren't what you would hope to see in a student, uh, and then they have a parent conference to deal with it. It's almost, not always, there are exceptions, but it's almost universal that after meeting the parents, you can very much understand where that child's behavior is coming from and and so for those folks who maybe haven't been raised in a home where they've received a lot of love or they haven't been given a good example of what it means to be compassionate and kind and meek um, this relationship with christ is even more important and knowing this knowing christ is even more important because then you can learn a whole new way mm -hmm. of behaving um, and for those of you that have been raised in homes where there's a lot of love and care and compassion and forgiveness uh, then you should definitely feel blessed and continue to get to know Christ, but at least you don't have as much to learn about what it means to behave that way because you've at least seen the example of that. Well, and you get to set that example for others who are maybe new to, you know, their faith or, um, you know, sometimes we have poor examples of mm -hmm. Christianity. We and do. We get, but we can use, like, those that are able to set that great example as, like, kind of our 
pinnacle to go back to like, oh, this person is able to, this is what it should look like, you right. know? So here's a question I have, because uh, this is something I always, I get this question a lot, and I'd like to put it out to the, the group here, to those that are joining us, and then to our little discussion group here. So if a Christian isn't exhibiting these behaviors, right, and I think we all know some of those, like Christians that go and protest funerals, or um, because maybe the person didn't have a lifestyle that they agreed with, or they're they're more about judgment and condemnation than they are about compassion and forgiveness and love. And yet they claim to have a relationship with Christ. Do they really have a relationship with Christ? Um, is Christ, is that relationship with Christ broad enough to cover people that don't exhibit these signs of following Christ? I mean, I just, I'm just putting it out there for discussion. I think I have some answers, but I kind of want to just see what, you guys have to think or what pastor jason or tommy have to think about that because i get a little frustrated with my brothers and sisters in christ who don't exhibit these particular dress for success qualities and yet claim to be true christians what do you guys what do you guys have to say to that well it's one of the reasons i think worship is so important and i'm going to probably talk about this tomorrow on good news at noon for all our regulars but uh, how important it is that we come together to worship as a group, that um, mm -hmm. when we gather at church, you come to church on Sunday, you're reminded of who you really are. And um, I don't have to worry about what other people do or say and it, whether I agree with it or disagree with it. I'm reminded that that God uh, is with me and this is what I'm called to be and to do. And and, I, and bringing it back to the text, I'm noting, uh, and I struggled with this a little bit over the week, but um, this text that says, clothe yourselves, like, well, I've got to do something now. I've, I mean, I think mm. it's important that I remember who I am and I remember uh, that my behavior is the way that I show Christ to the world. Um, mm -hmm. But I, th I want to I hear it as God has already clothed me in these things, especially if I bring it back to my baptism, that I've been clothed in compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience and therefore... That's the way I ought to share that good news with the world around me. So, yeah, we struggle yes. with the way other people act. And um, they can call themselves Christians. They can call themselves lots of things. They can call me wrong. And maybe they will. But um, mm -hmm. I got to remember who I am and what God has done for me. Yeah, one thing I think uh, it's important to talk, it is a growth process. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's easy to be, especially when you're younger. I don't know if it seems to be when you're younger and when you're, you're quite a bit older, uh, judgment comes a little bit easier. Um, I, I don't I don't know why maybe in those middle years it isn't quite as easy to be terribly judgmental, um, but I'm just talking kind of loosely from experience. But there's a growth process with Christianity where um, you might believe something pretty strongly for a while, but as you grow deeper and deeper in your faith and you examine the life of Christ a little bit more, then what you have is you have this growing an understanding of forgiveness or when you mess up and this is a big thing i've seen with people too when you mess up a lot you know when everybody makes mistakes in your lives and if you're really kind of walking close to christ during that that time that period where you're making mistakes you realize just how much you need that forgiveness and that grace right mm -hmm. that love in your life because you have made so many mistakes so it gets hard to judge other people for the mistakes that they have made um i've noticed um, so maybe 
maybe those folks that are in those places where they tend to be really judgmental or hypocritical, maybe they just need some more time walking with Christ. Yeah. Well, I think too, when you mentioned like it's a growth process, I think you see that like generationally, like even with, um, you know, generations in parenting, you know, I think mm. parenting that took place, you know, two generations ago, it has like evolved. And, and I think it almost is like mm. the same. Um, a lot of people that maybe are displaying these non, what we would consider like more of that judgment and condemnation, maybe that's kind of the Christianity that they learned generations ago and they it's that growth of them kind of kind of getting exposed and i think that it puts the responsibility on some of us to to really make sure that we are you know showing that compassion and kindness because at at the end of the day they're going to be able to see like well you know if i'm also getting judged and condemned then i'm going to judge and condemn but if i'm getting shown that that kindness and compassion then it's going to make it that much easier to show it to the next person i like that I like that a lot. It, it, the behaviors we exhibit do make it easier for people to to uh, share those same behaviors. I mean, if I was a young person, like my daughter's age or something like that, in my early 20s, and I looked around and got involved with a Christian group that was kind of judgy and mean, you're like, why do I want to be a part of that? I've got enough judgment and meanness in my life without having to be a part of a group that, mm-hmm. you know, there's this quote, or there's this text in Romans 8 where it says, God decided from the very beginning to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. Now, it's a message translation, but I really like that translation. And I think there's a couple of key words. God continues to shape our lives for those who love Christ. Because I think there's a difference between those who follow Christ sometimes and those who follow and love Christ. Sometimes you follow Christ, you believe in Christ, but you don't work on the deep relationship with Christ, right? You believe, um, you go to a church, and and it's all about kind of legalistic stuff, and so you're a follower, but not necessarily in that relationship. And the more you turn tend to love Christ and try to get deeper in that relationship, the more your life then begins to reflect, reflect the life of Christ. And that's what this text is talking about. These are behaviors exhibited by the life of Christ, mm-hmm. right? So that was really good. It's interesting, too, that we, we include this verse, and, and just to, to go back to it real quick, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, mm. teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. Oh, there you go. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to admonish people, right? Isn't that what it's all about? Right, but, right, right. But we note that before that comes what? It comes forgiveness. Forgive one another. With gratitude in your heart, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. Yes, teach each other, learn from each other. But it begins with the good stuff, that compassion and kindness and meekness yeah. and humility and above all, love. And that if we're, we're starting there, uh, we're going to be doing okay. Yeah, and then, then your admonishment comes in a much more loving, kind way. It's more concerned about that person getting back in connection with Christ than it is about judging you, just making sure that person knows that they're wrong and that but, you're but, right. Yeah, and, and like you said, we, we can learn to hurt each other or we can learn to love each other by, by the way we act towards one another. Yeah. Let me give my daughter a shout out. Uh, she doesn't do a lot of social media, but one, and I just stumbled across it, it was a um, Instagram post that she put in there. 
And she uses some salty language, um, but she like is looking at the camera and she goes, if you think that you can call yourself a Christian and behave this certain way, then you just need to think again. Christians are supposed to behave like this. And then she kind of lists some of the things and pretty much some of the behaviors that we're talking about like that. And then she's just like, I'm out. And then she just drops, and that's her Instagram post. And it's gotten more likes than just about any of her other Instagram posts. Drop the mic. But uh, she dropped the mic. And I was like, let's go. You go, Kiri. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to follow her now. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know if you want to do that, <laughs> uh, You know, and here's the beautiful thing, and I kind of made this point in, in my message, is that people can change. Mm -hmm. And this is this is a encouragement, if you will, for us to continue to grow in these ways. And if you and, and it doesn't matter how old you are, we can always become more Christ-like until the moment when we take our last breath and become completely Christ-like as new creations uh, in heaven. And we can continue to strive to become more and more Christ-like in our behaviors. Well, that's why I like I never really understood it for a long time. But when it's called like your walk with Christ, like it's a walk because it's not stagnant, right? And there is that change that takes place and you're going to, you know, come across different things on your walk. You know, just like if you're walking in a neighborhood, you're going <laughs> to come across different things that are going to impact that walk and, and how you respond to it or, or receive it. And, and I think that I thought of that sort of whenever you were talking about how, you know, we're not stuck in this, um, you know, whatever you said, like if your leg was broken, you're not like, oh, well, that's just, you know, just have a broken leg. That's just what it is. <laughs> yeah, and right. No, you're going to you're going to work on changing that and, and improving that. And I think that, you know, that could, that's kind of like that walk that we are taking in our faith. I love that. Glenna had a good point. Grace covers us all. I thought that was exact that uh, a great, great comment. And Connie. Um, thanks for joining us. I, saw, I see Diane has jumped on board. Diane, it's been a minute since we've seen you. Great to see you with us as well. Walk the walk, but talk the talk. Amen, Glenna. Yep, you said it. it. We need some of that. It's the truth. Yeah. So, yeah, Jason, Pastor, give us... Go ahead. I was going to say, Pastor Scott brought up last week how uh, Scripture calls us to be not just hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. Mm -hmm. So, So mm -hmm. walk it out indeed, yeah. And that doesn't have to be like this big thing. It could be just the little everyday things, right? I mean, I think that is sometimes where you can get hung up and put all this pressure on yourself. Like, oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to, I can't think of anything, but do this big thing to like mm. really show that I'm a good Christian. Go but, build a home in Mexico, yeah. feed the homeless. Yeah. Um, but mm. it could just be, you know, that I think Pastor Jason has said it a couple times, like that next person you see, you know, um, it's just your interaction with them like what does that look like mm -hmm. you know yeah and, and i think when we hear this too we recognize all the ways that we've we've failed at this and we're not going to get it right all the time right we remember yeah. oh well you know i i spoke too quickly or i wasn't kind enough or uh man that i could have been a little bit more compassionate towards that person who maybe was having a bad day and and we can kind of reframe our thoughts and actions so we're we're growing every day for sure you know, and I like that, Pastor Jason, that you talked a little bit about compassion. Um, I did all this research. I had this entire page typed up on compassion. And then when I was putting my sermon together, I was like, well, it's already long enough. I don't have time to talk about compassion. <laughs> I got edited well, out, yeah. 
so I kind of had to edit that out. But just that idea of compassion, which is such, it's, it's literally to, to take on that person's feelings. Well, there's a, what is empathy. the empathy? Yeah, there's an empathy, empathetic nature to it. It's not just to see that person go, oh, I feel bad for them. It's to, to try to put yourself in a place where you feel what they feel. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't like to do that in our country. We really, there seems to be this movement away from understanding people who are different from us. And Christ actually is calling us back to this movement of trying to understand people who are different or maybe going through things. Um, I think that's why some of the most empathetic people are people who have been there, right? Some of the best, best, I'm sorry, some of the most compassionate people are people who have lost a loved one or people who have lost loved mm-hmm. ones. They know. know what it's like, right? They know what it's like, yeah. yeah. And I think the hardest part is it feels uncomfortable and people we want to avoid that discomfort at all costs. Right. right. Yeah. But I think it's okay to sit with that discomfort together, you know. It is. It to is. consider the way that other people are, are suffering, whatever it might be, in big ways and small, right? It's a consideration for others. So um, one of the things that I didn't share this in the sermon I could have that we talk about in our house is, uh, is others first, self second. So mm. always others first. And that helps to reframe our way of thinking that, that we don't put our selfish needs first, but we think about the needs of others. It's hard, but it's, it, takes a, it takes a lifetime to learn that, right? Some of the most powerful uh, examples of compassion I've seen are people who are going through very difficult things. And literally, as they're going through them, I've heard some of these folks say, you know, this is really hard, but what this is going to do is it's going to help me be more prepared to help other people who are going through this in the future. And like, and like, you're still in the middle of it. I, I, you know, I can see that being something that people come out with on the other side of it, but I've always been amazed at those handful of people that I've come into and they're in the pain and the hurt and the struggle. They are so connected to Christ that they're like, you know what, this is just going to give me a better heart for other people who are experiencing this in the future. And I'm just like, now that's, that is talk about being connected to the love of Christ and learning how that love can help you be more compassionate. That's powerful. And Connie pointed out that, you know, even just the parking lot, the grocery store parking lot is an opportunity to, to walk the walk. Yep. So yeah, I could be anywhere. Yeah. No, anything, anything behind a wheel, Connie, there is no compassion. Get <laughs> out of my way. Come on. Drive the speed limit. Slow drivers, no compassion. I have no compassion. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. Wait, I don't think you want them to drive the speed limit. You want them to drive like 10 over. Well, five five over. <laughs> Let's say five over. Yeah. <laughs> no, but she's right. In those small ways. I mean, it doesn't have to be the big things like you were saying. It's the small ways. The need, And the need is all around us, right? So there's all these opportunities to practice compassion. And if you don't get it right the first time, you know, recognize that. We think about it and do better. Yep. And thank goodness for forgiveness. Yeah, and, and begins with grace and, and that you are already holy and beloved by God. Absolutely. Well, I think I'm feeling like we have said some good things and I really appreciate the comments. Oh, yeah, Connie. Yeah, yeah she uh, <laughs> uh, The comments and the people that have joined us. Pastor Jason, is there anything you want to say before we wrap it up today? Oh, I think we're just getting warmed up. I think we've got so much to talk about. So we've got four more weeks to continue and and get through this yep. but yeah it's inspiring and, and i'm just so grateful to hear from people and hear what what are they hearing from these messages so i love that yeah yeah so thank you everyone for joining us here um, 
Good News at Noon Wednesday edition deeper as we spend a little bit more time uh, talking about the messages for the, the weekend. And Tommy, thanks as always. Yes, of it's course. great to have you on board. But I pray the rest of you guys that you all have a good rest of your week. Um, and our thoughts and our prayers as we move forward yep. with this with this week. Four more weeks. This is going to be four, great. Four more weeks. We'll see you back here tomorrow for Good News at Noon. I'll be here. And uh, we'll see you at church for Dress for Success, God's dress code for our lives. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sam. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day.